podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you haven't played Paddy Power Fantasy yet, you're missing out. But on the upside, if you haven't played it yet, you qualify for a risk-free first go. Get up to £20 back as cash when you play Paddy Power Fantasy. And because every NFL game day is a season in itself, you don't have to wait to find out if you've won. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. New customer offer. Min £5, max £20 refund. T's and C's apply. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. 18 plus, begumbleware.org. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show presented by Paddy Power Fantasy. Good to have you with us. Week 12, would you believe, is almost in the bag and some cracking games for us to get our teeth into. How about those 49ers? Maybe the haters, the doubters will start to believe now after they shellack the Green Bay Packers. The New England Patriots get it done ugly. They win ugly in Foxborough. That's not going to bother Bill Belichick too much. It certainly seems to be bothering Jerry Jones. Some very strong comments after that defeat for the Dallas Cowboys, the Seahawks beat the Eagles, all kinds of other stuff to get into, including a remarkable story off the back of Dwayne Haskins' first win as an NFL starting quarterback. All of that and more coming your way with our special guest today, the comedian and actor and Detroit Lions fan, Marek Larwood. Marek, how you doing, man? Oh, hello, Nat. How are you? I'm very well. All the better for having you on the show. But you got a bit of a sore throat, Ollie, the producer tells me. Yeah, um, it's that time of the year, isn't it? What, just shouting at your Detroit Lions repeatedly? Cause, I mean, Monday's been a great day p- to get you on. <laughs> people. It's going to be anybody. Or do yeah, uh, oh, okay. I, it's called uh, November Screaming Season. <laughs> okay. How's that going for you? Not very well. No, I've I, out-screamed myself. Well, I, yeah, I, I suppose you've got to pace yourself, but there's, what, a few more days of November left. Yeah, so, I've, I've, I've peaked it already. Well, if you want to limit the amount of words you use on today's show, I'm, I'm fine with that, to be fair. Well, I'll just fine. say yes or no. <laughs> it can be the shortest show yes. through the season. <laughs> yes. Hey, I want to get your perspective first things first, the most important no. story of all. <laughs> As we were teeing up the big stories from the weekend. Uh, how do you feel about Zeke Elliott's towel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it really going to go on the whole show? Is this because of the? Uh, I watched a bit of this. I started watching this game, mm. the most boring game ever. You know when it's they have games in the rain, ruling to the, watch, yeah. The Patriots Cowboys, and they can't even clean the cameras properly. At least put, <laughs> well, at the least was... put a hood over <laughs> sure. the camera. I don't want to feel like I'm watching it inside a bus. Erin <laughs> Andrews is putting in a shift, wasn't she? She was uh, she was delivering her, her sideline stuff and getting absolutely drenched. But G. Kelly, it's towel, Marek. I'm keen to know what you think about that because that was ridiculous. It was, the, I think, the longest towel I've ever seen a player uh, wear. And uh, I'm surprised he was allowed to be getting away with it, right? You know, footballers aren't allowed to wear snoods. and It's you know, officially and... called a tail. When it goes over um, (laughs) nine inches. (laughs) Right. So you're a big fan. So players are allowed tails. Was it? It was a disappointing game, wasn't it? And uh, the weather didn't help. The fact that Mo Sanu uh, wasn't playing, Philip Dorsett wasn't playing, so that the Patriots really limited in their their receiving options. Uh, I think they had four active receivers listed, including Matthew Slater, who, who came up big on special teams once again, but that's what all he's been for the last 10, not all he's been, but that is what he's been for the last 10 years, a brilliant special teams player, but not, not a receiver of any note. So what do you think about the Patriots offensive challenges? Another week where it didn't really roll for Brady, given the fact that he's got very limited, a very limited collection of players to deal with at the moment. 
Well, you know what's going to happen. They just get recovered from injuries and they'll be fine by the time they get to the playoffs. I mean, it doesn't mm. really matter in that division. I mean, you've got to take into account the weather and um, that rookie uh, receiver they picked. What's his name? Kobe Myers. Uh, the one that could know that. Oh, and Keel Harry. Could, yeah. And he looked sort of. He made, he made a great uh, catch in the end zone, but then he made a couple of mistakes. I think he's only in the second game. Yeah, because so by the time exactly. he gets, by the time Dorset comes back, and then what happens is, if you've only got a limited re- receiving core, then they know that Brady's going to target Edelman, so he gets you know double teamed or whatever. But it's just the weather as well, and the whole game reminded me a bit about the Super Bowl. It's always when you've got that great offense plays against the best defense. Mm. It's never an exciting game. Basically, the, the defense stifles. The offense, especially the Patriots, because Belichick's a tactical master. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's just a really dull game. Mike Reese made the point. Stefan Gilmore had another exceptional game, uh, shutting out Amari Cooper. He was put on Cooper most of the time. Uh, Mike, uh, Gilmore had one more catch than Amari Cooper, which was uh, a nice stat from Mike Reese. Cooper, no catches, which was an extraordinary piece of cornerbacking from Gilmore, who many people are looking at now. I think is the best corner of the business right now, and it was the uh, the secondary in particular that that took care of business for for the Patriots. Interesting comments after the game, Marek, from, from Jerry Jones. I know you're a big Jerry Jones fan. Um, oh, he's my hero. <laughs> and um, we've been talking a lot this season. A lot of people have been speculating that it could be the final season for Jason Garrett at, at the Cowboys unless they go deep in, in the playoffs. And this, the general consensus is he's got to make the championship game where he's done. Uh he was not a happy man, Jerry Jones, after this. So firstly, uh, Des Bryant, the former Cowboys great, got involved with it. Dallas has the better players, but New England has the better coaches and game plan. He pushed that out on Twitter. Uh, and then Jerry Jones followed up with, with the makeup of this team, I shouldn't be this frustrated. Uh, and he went a little bit further uh, uh, later on to essentially say we keep, uh, we're paraphrasing him, but we keep finding ourselves in this situation when we shouldn't be. It's frustrating. Uh, time is running out for Jason Garrett. I think a lot of Cowboys fans and indeed a lot of neutrals watching on Marek were absolutely baffled by his decision to take the field goal. There was about six minutes left on the clock, fourth and seven. Uh, they were down by seven points and he took the field goal. Now, it, it didn't to anyone make any sense at all. I don't know how Jason Garrett could rationalise that decision. It was crazy. Yeah, a really odd decision. And I've never really been that impressed with Jason Garrett. I think the thing with him is that the Cowboys squad, I think their fan base automatically assumes they're better than they are because they <laughs> right. associate them, they're sort of associated with a bit of arrogance, really. You know, America's team and all that, not whatnot. But in terms of the squad, I don't, I'm not really sold on Dak Prescott. I watched really? Amari Cooper play, play against Dak Prescott's been playing brilliantly this season, though. Well, I still don't. I still don't think he can. I'm just not sold on him. I just don't trust him. There's about only about six quarterbacks I trust mm. in the in the, the NFL, and he's not one of them. And also, Murray Cooper, when he played Detroit the other week, he's playing injured. There's something not the same as he was early on yeah. this season. And I think it's going to be one of those things where at the end of the season they'll say, "Oh yeah, I was playing with eight broken ribs and my left hand didn't work." <laughs> right. And yeah, then he'll yeah. explain it. So I just think yeah. he doesn't look the same player as he did early on in the season. And then again. <sighs> You're playing, those conditions are, are awful. You've got mm. to take into account that when it's that rainy and that, and football does change sort of this weird sort of November, December period where it becomes a different sort of ball game, which is why teams like the Steelers start picking up loads of wins with their sort of aggressive running style. So uh, 
Yeah, in terms of Jason Garrett, I just, I think he's got to go, but he just play, he just manages to play it safe and get them to just just about having winning seasons. But this is the, mm. the best opportunity for the Cowboys. I mean, the Giants are awful. The Redskins are awful. The Eagles are sort of struggling with injuries and in a bit of disarray. Yeah. They can, they should win that title anyway, but I can't see them being any of the powerhouses in the NFC. You know, they, uh, you could see any team, like the, the Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, that they'd all easily beat the Cowboys, I think. They're probably going to be the fourth seed. You're right. They should win the East. They're six and five now after that loss, but the Eagles lost to the Seahawks, which we'll talk about shortly. They dropped to five and six. So it's still, still very much the Cowboys division uh, to lose, uh, but it's, as you said, it's going to be very tough in that playoff picture we'll talk about the playoff race a bit later on in the show you mentioned the Washington Redskins do you see Dwayne Haskins the Redskins quarterback getting his first win of his a young NFL career did you see what happened on the final snap of the game Marek yeah he was taking a, a selfie with a fan <laughs> there is a story that that reflects what has changed uh, generationally in sports I think that is the that is the perfect snapshot right so he was so Case Keenum had to come in take the final snap yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. They were celebrating far too early in that game as well. It was, oh. it was crazy. I, I watch. I'm a Lions fan, so what I do is I I watch all the Lions game and I watch the other games on Red Zone. And the, the Redskins are bad. I, I, and Haskins didn't. He made a couple of good throws in this in the second half of the game, and he missed loads of open receivers. He's got a brilliant young receiving core. He's got the the, the they're all rookies. There's McClaurin yep. and there's yep. two other geezers there. Um, Calvin Harmon's one of them, I think. His, yeah. his stat line, right? This is Haskins. So when they when they went ahead with the field goal, but there was still time on the clock uh, for... Um, there's about 46 seconds yeah, or something left. For, for the, the Lions yeah. to come back in. Uh, Haskins then went and celebrated the win uh, and then took the, the selfie. His, his stat line, he completed less than 50% of his passes, 156 yards, no touchdowns and one interception, but claiming that victory drove them to victory. Yeah, I think the Redskins are terrible. Basically, they got an amazing kickoff return for the touchdown. Their offense, and there was about five successive drives that was punt, punt, interception, punt. Uh, they look really, he's not ready to be an NFL quality quarterback. Mm. But um, Detroit just threw it away. As you know, Matthew Stafford, the saviour of the universe, is out injured. Is he on your list of the, the top five or top, yeah, top he always six has quarterbacks been. that you he's trust? Brilliant. He's brilliant. Who else is on that list? So Rodgers, obviously, Breeze? Rodgers, Breeze, uh, Mahomes. Fitz? And Brady, you've got question marks over him, I think. just start, I'm just starting to see... I don't know if... Regression, you think? Some, I don't know whether he's, he's got dragging with receivers or not. Um, uh, Wilson's on there as well. Wilson, all right. But no There's fits. other quarterbacks I like. like I, I like Philip Rivers, but he seems to have... Uh, he seems to be regressing, I think. Yeah. All the old ones, basically. What's There's, the prognosis on Stafford? I mean, he's obviously not back this season, but how bad is the injury? It's, been, it's really odd. First, I said there was a, a fracture on his back and he'd be yeah. out for a couple of weeks. Obviously, it's worse. Or, I don't know if they're just trying to tank... Because there's no point playing him. The Bring season's over. It's one yeah. of those odd things where your key players are injured. You're not going to get to the playoffs. So they're just going to sit on the bench and you'll have to watch these really dull games with backups. 
for almost half of the season. I mean, this is something I want to talk about, what it's like. Um, I've been lucky enough to have a team who've had a quarterback who's played. I mean, Stafford played for 136 straight games. I think yes. Matt Ryan's had an amazing, amazing run of run. games. Yeah. At some point, you're going to have to watch your team. Like when Rodgers goes out injured, when Breeze goes, went out injured earlier, with a backup quarterback. And it's awful. Watching your team with your mum playing at quarterback or someone <laughs> just doing things, slightly rubbish things. Now, obviously, they have a good first game because no one knows who they are. They'll fluke it. But generally, they don't know the playbook very well. They haven't got that connection with receivers. So it's just awful to watch. And the case in point is Jeff Driscoll, who's now the Detroit Lions quarterback. We've got two brilliant receivers, Kenny Golladay and Marvin Jones. And yet he's just, you can just tell he hasn't got that um, quickness of thought that you need, the quick release and to quickly go through all the receivers and pick out, you know, all the routes and see which one you want. He hasn't got that. He doesn't. So he will just check out. The, his number one receiver they're, of, the, of the running the route they're, then they're recovered so he'll just run yeah you're just not reading again the speed of thought and whether that comes with time because that's the one thing that college quarterbacks even the really elite ones say is the biggest thing to adjust to in the NFL is just the pace of it all right and, and the quickness and thought that that's needed but you're right there are some quarterbacks that just don't have that ability to look at all their checkdowns and, and, and make the right decision quickly enough and, and release it quickly enough. So Driscoll, the jury's out on him. What about, um, just staying with that theme for a bit, Kyle Allen, the Panthers uh, back up, same situation for them, of course. Cam Newton out for most of the season. Kyle Allen's had a, a real hit and miss time of it. And it feels like we talk about him every week on this show because every week the argument swings pendulum style from one side to the other. And Allen, uh, really showed a lot of moxie, I thought, in the game against the Saints. It was an absolute thriller it was as well. And if it wasn't for Joey Sly and his kicking woes, the, the Panthers probably could have won that. And uh, there are a lot of questions as to how New Orleans let them back in. But Kyle Allen, impressive again, considering they went down early, Marrick, and considering the game he'd had last week, he keeps on coming back and showing a lot of fight. Do you think he might? he is the exception to the rule you just suggested, that backup quarterbacks who maybe have a couple of strong games but get found out either because defenses work them out quickly or their level just regulates because they can't sustain that uh, high level of play or it's a combination of the two things. Or do you think Kyle Allen might be one of those exceptions that, that gets the opportunity as a backup to come in and actually you realize the team realizes mm, this guy is a serious starter. We're going to build the team around him going forward. I think he's intelligent. I think he's a, he seems to, what you mentioned before about reading the game. And some players don't read the game. Like Jameis Winston is a, obviously got a brilliant arm, can make some brilliant throws, but doesn't necessarily read the game well because he got a Wonderlick score of about three or something, didn't he? I think. Um, but Carl Allen hasn't got the same sort of arm. And I sort of, I, I originally was like, well, you said, I thought, oh, he's great. Cam Newton's not coming back. Yeah. And then over the last couple of weeks, I thought, oh, right, it's just flashing the pattern. And then he leads a comeback, albeit with the help of, I thought, Christian McCaffrey, although he was sure. held in the running game, was just brilliant as usual. I think with a supporting cast of people like Christian McCaffrey, then Carl Allen can succeed. I mean, I, I absolutely... I absolutely loved McCaffrey yesterday. I don't know if you saw, he just makes defenders miss. There's one point where he just ran on the spot before he scored a touchdown. I think for about, it felt like about two minutes he was running on the spot, 
confusing, mesmerising defenders. It was like an early era version of Madden where you found some kind of glitch that you could, <laughs> you could always... What was the... There was an early Madden thing where you just, the same route would always always beat the computer oh really like, yeah i think it was i'm trying to think it was like a 25 yard post route they, they could never defend it and you just do that every 44 times in a row to win to win the game but that um that yeah video game stuff from from him and yeah it's a really good point that it helps immensely if you're a quarterback with someone like him in the backfield hey let's move on to sunday night football marrick and, and the 49ers because i mentioned in the intro there are still i think going into this weekend a fair amount of doubters not buying the 49ers is legit serious super bowl contenders after the way that they blew the Packers away 37 to 8 the final of course and Green Bay never in it whatsoever and uh, the game started really as uh, it went on with uh, defensively speaking anyway for the 49ers uh, sacking Rodgers fumbling coughing up the ball they punched in the touchdown soon afterwards took an early lead which they they never lost they were solid on both sides of the ball and that's the thing about this 49ers team it is so balanced on either side of the ball special teams are solid as well good coaching they they seem to be the complete package where are you on san francisco were you buying into them before this game and after this game has that changed your opinion at all i think i've gradually um accepted that they are a legitimate team i think you know they've got um well well both has played amazingly well yeah i think garoppolo is just i mean you He's, he feels like a Brady sort of quarterback. He's almost got that Patriots training where he would just be really efficient. I really love George Kittle. I think he's a great sort of target, uh, tight end who can, uh, has got exceptional ability. Got is, good I mean, running he was game. back. Yeah, he was huge coming back because he's obviously been out for a couple of games, uh, picked up over a hundred yards again. And there's quite a few commentators have talked about this week, adds so much to the game with his blocking as much as you know his productiveness and production as a as a receiver they had 5.1 yards per carry so it's no uh, no coincidence with Kittle back that's the reason Debo Samuel as well uh young receiver who's really stepping up and Garoppolo was the hyper efficient and this was the issue I think the concern where he seemed to earlier on in the season they weren't winning games because of him but they weren't losing games because of him he's stepped up the productivity himself but uh, has been a little bit fast and loose with the ball as well. So last week he threw for four touchdowns, but two two picks, and he's thrown a you know a number of picks over the last four or five weeks. But uh, back to a more stable quarterback. That's what they need right now, isn't it? Is is Garoppolo just to keep a cool head, and not try and force the issue, given the makeup of this offense, uh, and and protect the ball first things first. Always keep the ball safe now. How many times have I told you? You've been saying it for years. Yeah, it's a fair point. That is the most, that is the thing you hear commentators say the most on any coverage. That you're not going to win if you make these turnovers. If you make that and National Football League, when they could just say NFL, that's the other thing the commentators like to do. Or you're kidding me is the most annoying thing. (laughs) Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, you're kidding me again. What, for the 20th time in the game? Not Who's your favourite broadcast crew? Who, who, you, you, um, uh, uh, Michaels and Collinsworth guy, or I bet oh, you I'll like Aikman and Joe Buck. Aikman and Joe Buck. Chris Spielman. What, what, what do you have against Chris Spielman? Because he's always doing the Lions games. If you watch your team and a red zone team, you normally get this ex-player commentator 
and Chris Billman says loads of stupid stuff. I just think that's why my throat's sore. I'm just shouting at Chris Billman. <laughs> it's Chris Billman's fault. We get the, um, on the radio coverage we do, sometimes get the Jags broadcast. You've done th- those shows and, and have heard them. And Ollie, our producer, who also produces that coverage, was, was talking about, um, how, abject and miserable they they get with the game like yesterday for example was an absolute nightmare they don't mask it or hide it or even try and retain optimism when they are heavily behind that is that is it it's just it's completely uh completely depressed broadcasting for about an hour and a half that's good though i think if it reflects if it ref- you want someone who you feel is that they're on the side of your team right I like that. I like that in the on in the baseball in the MLB, you can actually choose home and away. The, That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I think the next step for the NFL is to do that to choose your commentators. I don't know if you can do that on games. I think or not. it's a great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pick, I, uh, I want to hear the local. I want to hear the people who uh, local Detroit people, whoever team reporters, really say they <laughs> think someone's awful and say they think they're not to do this sort of PC, all oh, right, everyone's watching, but I want to hear the sort of horrible stories about the players, the frustrations <laughs> you get when you watch the same player do something stupid week after week after week. And call them by their first name as well, which is quite disarming. Yeah. Nick, as opposed to Nick Foles. Back to the 49ers Packers. What did we make of Green Bay not turning up at all? I mean, the offense couldn't get going quite, quite clearly. Uh, and there was a lot to do with the, the the pressure from this 49ers offense. You mentioned Nick Bozo had a sack. Uh, Eric Armstead had a couple as well uh, and hit Rogers four times. Uh, the secondary was hyper-efficient again. So Rogers couldn't work his magic. But defensively, uh, that's something I'm finding difficult to work out. Where this Green Bay Packers defense sits. Because you know they're always going to be able to, to land a few blows with Rogers uh, and some of the pieces he's got around him. But defensively, they started the season. They were very much the vogue pick for the best, most underrated defense in the NFL. And it kind of leveled out a little bit. Statistically, uh, they are difficult to decipher because in some statistics, they're quite low down the pecking order. But on the key ones, things like third down conversions and obviously points allowed, that will, the latter will, 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 they'll drop down a bit now having conceded 37. But they're, they're sort of middle of the pack when you look at some of the more discerning statistics defensively. Where yeah. do you see this Packers, this the particular incarnation of the Packers? Well, I think sort of the Packers for me feel like they've been stuck in this weird sort of nine and seven world for the last few seasons, and they had that bit where where Aaron Rodgers got injured when basically that's completely derailed their season. Mm. But um, I don't think it's particularly great defense. I've only I've seen when Detroit played them, and I've seen sort of them gone. Uh, a few highlights packages and they haven't really been blown away not like the 49ers where you see them swamp completely swamp people playmaking yeah yeah and even uh, the Broncos defense occasionally they can I'm really impressed mm. with them as well I, I ha- don't have that same feeling about the Packers so uh, I'll, I'll wait and see I think they're going to struggle I think I think the Vikings are going to pit them for the NFC North. Yeah, we'll get into that shortly because they're both on 8-3 and three now after that loss. The Vikings on a bye week, of course. So they still hold first place in the North, but with an identical record. So And the Vikings surging uh, at the moment. So we'll look at the playoff picture in a bit. Let's talk about one of the other uh, NFC uh, heavyweights, the Seattle Seahawks, beating the Eagles, but ugly. Their offense couldn't get going. Their defense stepping up. 
uh, and delivering, uh, getting into Carson Wentz's face again, that he was sacked a number of times, he threw a few picks. He has been really, really indifferent, hasn't he? Now, Marek, he was missing Alshon Jeffrey, he was missing Nelson Aguilar, missing Jordan Howard. Uh, so he was uh, underwhelmed uh, in terms of the weapons that he had. Um, nevertheless, another poor performance from him. Should Eagles fans start to get worried about him? Yes, yeah, they should trade him back for Nick Foles. <laughs> no, it does seem to have regressed a little bit. He doesn't seem to be. I remember two seasons ago, everyone was saying, "Oh, he's you know he was an on MVP sort of uh, yeah, he season was. before he, the injury. He yeah. Injured, he looked great. Has he ever been as good since he's come back from injury? Probably not. I mean, his receiving core, Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, I, I missed Alshon Jeffrey as well. Uh, is when you miss it, you've got two of your big receivers out. I think it completely changes sure. the game as well. It's so hard for uh, the quarterbacks just to get. They have to run simple plays to, uh, or simpler plays, or simpler routes, and it just makes a huge difference when you've got the two the big guys out. So yeah, that. so he's um, you know, they were replaced by Greg Ward Jr. and JJ Arcega Whiteside. So that that's quite a big drop off. I know Aguilar hasn't been playing particularly well this season, but yeah, it, it's it's completely different perspective. And it's it's just a, a matter of seconds in the pocket if you've got that receivers that can create separation. The reason these big receivers such it's just literally that that 0.5 seconds, which gives you that window where you can throw the ball in. And the difference is absolutely huge when you haven't got receivers that can create that separation. Is Carson Vents that? Is he as good as everyone thought he was two years ago? Probably not. But I think he's probably better than he's playing at the moment. I think this is just a bit of a a lull. And I'm surprised that the Eagles aren't sort of running away a bit more with this division. And yeah. I still think, I still think they, if they can turn things around, I still think it's, it's going to be close between them and the Cowboys. Well, they had the opportunities against the Patriots too, of course, and, and defensively they held uh, New England to uh, a, a relatively low score last week. And, and the same with the Seahawks. <clears throat> the Seahawks looking to Rashad Penny to, to get them out of jail because Russell Wilson wasn't really on song. And Rashad Penny had uh, a career day, I think it's fair to say. He had three runs of over 20 yards, uh, 58 yarder, of course, that smashed things in, uh, in or smashed the Seahawks to a 14 point lead. Philly, I mean, the score is flattering. They, they, they hit back right at the death, but they were never really in this game. Penny had 129 yards on 14 uh, carries and, uh, Wilson, difficult day for him, sacked six times. Um, but it didn't matter because they had somebody in, that offense to to carry them home, and when the Philly offense is spluttering to the uh, to the level that it was, that will do nicely for Seattle. So they will take that ugly win, much like the Patriots will take theirs. I think there are a lot of parallels there, and they uh, move now uh, into uh, the box seat. Speaking of which, let's talk about the playoff picture, Marek. We get into we'll start with the NFC. So the Forty Nine ers top the West, of course. Uh, the Saints nine and two in the South. The Packers as we said earlier on, still leading the North, but the same record as the Vikes, eight and three, and the Cowboys, the uh, top of the East with a six and five record. Seattle, uh, despite that, we're nine and two are in second spot in the West because of the 49ers and the Vikings hold the sixth playoff spot at the moment, eight and three uh, in the North. But as we said, snapping very much at the heels of the Packers, the teams that are on the bubble at the moment include the LA Rams, who play tonight, of course, against Baltimore. They're six and four currently. The Bears are five and six, same as the Eagles and the Panthers now 
after that narrow loss and the Bucks still mathematically in the hunt at four and seven. So given the way those seeds are playing out, the two wild cards, as I say, right now nine and two and eight and three, it's going to need a minimum 10 and six, possibly 11 and five to, to make a wild card, you would think, right? So it looks like uh, most of the teams are set. I suppose realistically, the only teams that could credibly burst in there are the Eagles taking the division over the Cowboys and the Rams, if they win tonight, putting a bit of a run on and perhaps hoping that someone like the Packers capitulate a little bit and they, they sneak in the back door. But it looks like the top six is pretty much set. Yeah, I feel sorry for the Rams. I mean, they're basically, <laughs> you could say that the best three teams are in the NFC West. Right. With the 49ers, Seahawks and Rams. And any other division, they would have picked up a couple more wins, I think, and they'd be there. I still, I'm, the Packers are not, I think their record is uh, uh, flattering. Of what I've seen, the Vikings seem to be, to be a lot more dynamic team. And Kirk Cousins, other than his stuttering start of the season, when he got criticised and turned things around, I thought yeah. he was playing some of the best um, football he'd played. And we, we've got uh, Stefan Diggs. I think Adam Thielen was injured. I think you know if he's coming back or not. But they just look a, a lot more exciting and dynamic offensively than the uh, uh, Packers at the moment. So I think they're going to take the North. And it would, for me, it would be if the Packers collapse and the Rams manage to pick up wins. But then again, you know, their schedule got the Ravens, possibly the, the, the team that could win the, be in the Super Bowl tonight. Yeah, well, the Packers and they've got NFC West teams to play. So yeah. how are they going to pick up the wins to get to ten and six or eleven and five? Yeah, agreed. And the Packers have got the Giants next, and the Redskins, the Bears. I mean, the Bears is always a, always a frisky one uh, with them, but they are winnable games. You would think the easier yeah. runner. I think I think it's fair to say the AFC a bit more complicated to work out. So the Patriots, unsurprisingly, leading the East ten and one, uh, and no one's going to catch them. So another divisional win and probably a first round bye. Uh, for New England. Uh, the Ravens top the North, of course, uh, eight and two, but they play tonight. So that could improve with a win against uh, the Rams. The Texans uh, in the hyper competitive uh, AFC South, seven and four. Remember the Titans won yesterday mightily impressively against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Titans moved to six and five now, snapping at their heels. And the Chiefs uh, topping the West at the moment, seven and four. You've got the Bills with the, another win, an impressive win for them yesterday. Uh, against Denver, a lot of people thought that uh, could be a uh, a trap game for them. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of the sharps, fancy Denver with the points, but uh, very com- uh, comfortable for for Josh Allen and Co. Uh, the Bills then in second in the AFC East, with eight and three. They're in the fifth seed right now, and uh, the Steelers. Interesting uh, for them, wasn't it? Devlin Hodges coming in, Mason Rudolph getting benched, Devlin Hodges. Uh, coming in, Marek, we had Paul Nicholson on the show a couple of weeks back, massive Steelers fan, and he was saying that a lot of the the hardcore Steelers fan base had been wanting that for a while. If you talk to quite a few Steelers fans, irrespective of the whole Miles Garrett situation, they, from a, a on-the-field point of view, haven't been happy with Mason Rudolph, and Devlin Hodges is the player that they want. Well, that happened yesterday. It was Mike Tomlin suggesting that it was got nothing to do with what had happened during the week, uh, and it was all based on performance. And Devlin Hodges came in uh, and did a good job. Could well be their starter uh, going forward. And going back to your point about teams losing their starter, their season kind of done. Well, here are the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers improbably holding a playoff seed at the moment. They're sixth spot 
uh, right now six and five record and could conceivably make the cuts. Uh, interesting times here. Let's talk about the teams that are bubbling right under because it is super tight. You've got the Raiders, hugely disappointing defeat for them against the Jets. Uh, they were absolutely blown away yesterday uh, by New York. Six and five, then the Raiders fall to after that defeat. The Colts in that uh, South division, same as the Titans, both on six and five. And the Browns win again, beating the Dolphins fairly comfortably. They now improve to five and six. So which out of these teams, much more complicated than the NFC, isn't it? Who do you think has a shot of making it? Well, I think it's, it's, it, you could say it's similar to the NFC West with the AFC South. So I think all those teams are good. There's no really bad team in the AFC in the South. South. Yeah. I, I, was, I was watching the, the Titans game a lot yesterday. Yeah. And I've seen, and Tannehill, I mean, I think he had a really hard time at the Dolphins. He had injuries, yeah, and the Dolphins weren't great, in, and they before he he left. Now he's playing some of the best uh, football of his career. He looked great. He looked like a re- he looked, he he was a quarterback, an experienced quarterback. He's like thirty one now. He can read the game. You can see him. He's got that level of intelligence. He's got mm. that ability. He actually seemed to have some real fight when he ran in for the touchdown, just putting his body on the line. Yeah. You, and you know that the quarterback, you know, wants to win and, and is 100% in on their team when they're jumping into, you know, two linebackers rather than opposed to sliding <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. yards uh, beforehand. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Derek Henry looked great. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought, I was watching them thinking, they're a really great team. Where's the Raiders I've watched? And I've not ever really been blown away yeah, see, I'd be buying it I agree with everything you say about the Titans I agree with all of that and I think it's it, Tannehill just has that composure and, and they believe in him as well like you, you believe that Tannehill is going to have enough even if he's not an elite quarterback he's going to have enough composure and it's going to have enough experience and and enough gaming you know in his arsenal to, to, to win you a game right with Mariota was just his confidence had gone he was a liability you had this team that was playing hard, keeping tight in games. You know, the Titans defensively are very organized under Vrabel. I think always had a strong running game. Uh, you want to keep, you want your quarterback to keep things close. I know they blew the Jags away yesterday, but typically that's the kind of game that the Titans are involved in. And Tannehill is, is a perfect fit for them in that respect and, and has real mojo at the moment. The Raiders I've been buying into quite heavily, but they were really disappointing yesterday against the, the Jets. And I guess a lot. <coughs> I guess a lot of that is down to the Jets' run defense. You know, they uh, have been very strong for a lot of the season and held most opposition elite runners in check. I think Zeke Elliott's the only exception there, and they did that with Josh Jacobs. And this is a very different offense when Josh Jacobs is neutralized to the degree that he was. And their heads went down. They even pulled Derek Carr out, I think, uh, towards the end. And Mike Glennon was brought in when they knew that was done. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I think – and Gruden's presser after, I don't know if you saw, was – understandably gutted at how bad they were looking at the titans running this is tough though they've got but you could argue i guess that they've got destiny very much in their hands because they've got three divisional games in the mix here uh so uh go so to the other teams in the south the texans twice uh uh they got the colts next they got the raiders funnily enough uh, and the saints as well so that's quite a difficult run-in for uh for tennessee um, the Browns have got a relatively straightforward run, right? With the exception of the Ravens, which who they play in week 16, I think. So can you, can the Browns do it? And what do you think is going to get a wild card? Looking at the maths here, this, you know, it could be nine or seven. 
that gets it done. And yeah, it might well, well be actually. I think it will be nine and seven. I mean, interesting. The Bills. I, I really rate the Bills D. I'm not there. I like Singletree on the offense. You know, yeah. Frank Gore's just sort of plodding along. I think Frank Gore, incidentally, moving to the number three in the all-time list yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Well done. Congratulations, Frank. I'm sure Pod, you're plodding along to, to number three in the all-time. All uh, he's been listening to this whole podcast. <laughs> Wait for the mention. He, he was saying, I can't, can't believe, believe they haven't. <laughs> he, he, he comes back. He's just had his ice bath. And the first thing he does is put on the Nat Coombs show and says, well, I must get, I must get name checked at some point. Yeah. And you really are 40 minutes in. They've not mentioned that he's a third all time rusher. We talked to Wayne Haskins. I mean, it's appalling. Uh, what he, I've understood that he tends to do is have a look at the episode guide and see if you're on. And if you're on, then he listens. If not, then he just, then he just zips into the, you know, and, and comes back next time. Uh, maybe if you call this episode, Congratulations, Frank Gore. It'll, it'll or some sort of over. gore pun. I mean, what sort of gore puns are, are there? <laughs> there are probably quite a few gore puns. Um, or Frank puns. <laughs> or, or, or frankly... Frank, uh, something, uh, frankly, there's some sort of pun on Frank being... And then he'll immediately think, oh, right, great. I think I feel like I've been ignored this weekend. I think everyone thinks I'm this sort of, uh, you know, just journeyman running back who's best days behind him and I'm just no one's really praising me for being the third best player ball. that's what annoys me a little bit he's the third Barry Sanders I'm a big fan of of course and he's a much more exciting player so it's annoying when a slightly boring player like that is Frank very Gore. harsh on Frank and you've just blown it again we just have pulled Frank back in oh he's listening and yes he's listening and you've just Right at the end there, just, just ruined. I mean, he's, that he's listening now. Have you probably, one of the oldest? Off. How many seasons has he done? Like 14 seasons or something? Well, 16 maybe? Yeah, that's a good question. He was great at San Francisco. He was great at San Francisco. Uh, definitely. A lot for the Hall of Fame, surely. Let's, um, back to the playoff race, the regular no. schedule. <laughs> yes, we're back to that. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk. Everyone wants to know about Frank Gore, what he's up to, how he's feeling, He's how done he a lot his of body. Gore. In, in, in condition to play. Where do he get his, where does he get his motivation from? Well, what do you, do, I mean, you, you know, you obviously a long time on the circuit, television, radio. I mean, you know, life in comedy is grueling. How do you look after yourself? Lonely. I, I think what motivates him is loneliness, <laughs> desperation for some, for some desperation, some need for, uh, Need to be accepted, or but he's never going to get that. <laughs> well, I think he will. I think he's making first. Things making the Hall of Fame. Unless he gets first, he's going to keep on playing till he gets the record. Who is Emmett Smith? Yeah, he's got the record is he? Emmett, the great who I interviewed once, Emmett Smith, who is um. And was he? How did he feel? Was he lonely? He was not, did he say? <laughs> no, he didn't seem at all lonely. It was in a. Uh, it was, <laughs> He was in a, a hotel in London doing all these media junkets, and he didn't seem lonely at all. He seemed like quite a happy chap. I think he's quite happy to be in London. And uh, I think one, on one of those jollies, it must be when the Cowboys came over a few years back and they bring the veterans over. And uh, that's quite a cushy gig, isn't it? They just get put up in a five-star hotel, do a few media bits and, you know, uh, all expenses paid and, uh, and, and, you know, enjoy the week. Well, I'm going to become a running back then. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders, John playoff race. The Raiders have the Chiefs. They have the, the Titans, as we said, the Jags, the Chargers and the Broncos. So they've got reasonably... A decent schedule here. And we talked about the Browns, uh, one being quite easy, the Ravens notwithstanding. Uh, the Colts have uh, the Bucks and the Saints in the mix as well as their divisional games as well. So there's a really kind of clear cut 
uh, clear-cut schedule that you say, other than the Browns, I suppose, that that is um, that is easier than the others. The AFC South, re- who's your money on for that? Texans, the Colts, or the Titans? Uh, it's so hard. They, 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 do, they flip between playing great and average week after week. I just think it's going to come down to injuries, but maybe after the Titans, I was so impressed they've got, if Tannehill can play well, and if Henry can carry on just pummeling, uh, pummeling defences, then in the winter, they're going to have a chance, I think. Yeah, Delaney Walker's a key player for them as well. He's missing last season, and he's a, he's a hell of a player. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think the Titans look strong, and I think they're well coached as well. I've, I've liked Vrabel uh, as their head coach, and you know, he comes from that, Belichick environment and uh, quite obvious. I know it's not always the case that a Belichick lieutenant will succeed as a head coach, but Vrabel seems to be one of those that has got a very good balanced mindset in that, in that organization. I like, I like what they're about. If you compare that to say the apparent dysfunction with the Browns, you know, exciting to watch, but chaotic. It seems to be quite a cerebral place, uh, the, the Titans. And what about the Colts? They're difficult to work out. Are you, are you buying them and Jacoby Brissett in particular? I've been really impressed with him. I've been really impressed. Uh, I think, um, well, I watched them play. I think they just look solid. They look quite solid, not exceptional. I think there's very few teams that look exceptional in the, in the AFC and the yeah. Chiefs when they're on form. Yeah. And some of the, Ravens play and occasionally the Texans, but um, I just think they see there's lots of solid teams in that AFC South, and it's just I can't predict it. I know this is used to saying, listen to someone saying they don't know, but I, I think it's impossible to predict that division. It's so it's the closest division in the whole of football, and uh, all the teams are sort of just above average teams. Yeah, it's going to go to the wire. That division, indeed, the wild card hunt as a result in the AFC will as well. The Bills, uh, as we said, moving to eight and three. Uh, they have got the Patriots uh, and the Cowboys as part of their running as well. So it isn't an absolute given they are going to hang on to one of the seeds. Who as well. do you like, think that? I think the Titans. I think I think the Browns might sneak it. You know, I think the Browns. I could see the Browns sneaking in at nine and seven. But I don't think so. I, I think, think they've just got so they self-destruct, and they just Mayfield still doesn't necessarily always make the best decisions. And I think they, I don't think they'll do it. They got I've the got Bengals from loving the Browns. Now I think they they become that awful, arrogant team. It's really odd. Yeah, we were chatting about this on on the radio show last night. That whether you you need if you have players like that, do you? Like Mayfield, for example, he obviously loves to give a soundbite that seems to fire himself up. Do you suppress that? And does that affect the kind of makeup of the character? Or maybe you don't encourage it, but do you allow it? And that's been the problem, I think. The Browns haven't won anything. Baker Mayfield hasn't won anything. Everybody said, oh, Baker's just being Baker. It isn't he great? And, and you know, maybe he is. But I, th- I think that you've got to be ready for the fall if you're going to adopt that kind of persona you, when you haven't won anything. I think, it, you know, it's gregarious enough when you have won something but if you haven't won anything then it is ripe for a fall nevertheless you look at their running they've got the bengals twice they've got the steelers uh they've got the cards and that's in cleveland i think so the ravens is the only really i mean you know there is no sure thing in the end the nfl and the cards are a dangerous game i get that right but the ravens i think is the only one that you look at and think well that is the toughest on paper and i could see the browns you know, going toe to toe with them if, if things click. So 
maybe sneaky Browns, but I like I like the Titans in particular. Really hard to call. We'll have to see what happens over the coming weeks uh, as that playoff picture works itself out. We're out of time, Marek. How uh, is life generally outside of your sore throat and enjoying uh, enjoying the uh, the Lions' mediocre season? How's work? What are you up to? No, I'm not enjoying the Lions' mediocre season. Oh, I, I was going to say about the AFC, my final point is, mm. I hope it's a 16... I hope it's a 16 coin flip. Oh, nice. They have (laughs) all the records are identical. (laughs) Yeah. And they have a representative. Do they get a general manager or something? Do they get that or? And the commission, does he come down or maybe they get veterans? So you've got all the general managers and you've got a six coin, (laughs) a six coin flip until it gets down to the one team. That'd be brilliant. How does that work? Do they all just keep calling? And then if you're eliminated, if you, so you call heads and those, and it comes up tails, all of those are called heads are eliminated. I want someone to see what happens if it's six teams, identical records, <laughs> All right. and is a coin, do they do scissors, paper, stone? What do they do? Scissors, paper, stone. They like, cannot, they, you cannot separate them. Giant Jenga. I, I'd like, uh, we're going to look into that. If you know the answer to that at the NC show, fire, fire that in. That would be amazing. That, surely they televise that. It's the first person to catch one of Frank Gore's tears. <laughs> <laughs> when he realises how when he again we had Frank, him back Frank Gore's tears the day after a match when no one has called him <laughs> to say well done he's the first general manager to get a <laughs> bottle one of his tears and bring it round to Roger Goodall, Goodall's house <laughs> Roger Goodall Roger Goodall Roger Goodall Roger Goodall <laughs> Oh, uh, that's someone, someone different to the commissioner. Um, we we had Frank Gore back, and particularly with the the snappy title that Ollie came up with, he was back in because remember we left the Frank Gore bit on that, and everything was fine. And now you you've blown it again at the end. We haven't even talked about Benny Snell. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> deliberately um, so. Anyway, what am I up to? Yeah, I am um, going to do some. ITV2 show film that soon and then can you talk about it what's that it's just called celebrity it's just no one who listens to this will watch it um (laughs) it's for it's for 20 rods um and then I'm still making my walking videos oh excellent how are they going well they going good. Well, have you, how many have you watched now? I, I watched your Madame Tissot's video the other day. That was not one of the walking ones. And that's did, not the, the question. I did watch one. I have watched one. I can't boring. remember which boring. one it was. No, I didn't find it boring. I just can't remember which one it was. Oh, right. That's convenient, isn't it? <laughs> that's convenient. We were going to get you to do one for Wembley Way for the show. That's that we were going to do Then someone that. said it's too boring. <laughs> we just didn't then get it got right What happened? We I didn't know, get that right never together. Even I never even got availability checked. We, we didn't get our, our act together. We were just too disorganised. No, don't get him in. Don't get him in. <laughs> oh, he's that's a good idea. Frank, you he's going to slag off Frank Gore or Benny Snell. Just leave him alone now. I don't know why he keep get getting him in. Frank Gore on the show in the future. So I think that's why it was shot down. I want to do a YouTube fight yeah, with me and Frank Gore. You know, one of those boxing matches. <laughs> things. To settle who makes the wild card of the AFC. Yes. <laughs> like KSI and whatever his, whatever his name yeah. is. That's a great idea. Superb stuff. Uh, at Marek Larwood is how you can follow Marek on Twitter. Get on YouTube as well. Is that your YouTube channel is Marek Larwood, I'm guessing? Marek Larwood yeah. or Cool Dudes Walking Club, if you like walking. If you like American football and your second favourite sport is walking, then you've hit gold. <laughs> get involved. Get stuck in. Marek, crack the chat to you. Come and see you soon. See you later. 
Terrific stuff from Marek. We're back Wednesday with Iron Mike, deep diving into all the big stories with him. Jay Bell in the house on Friday, dropping a fantasy pod as well on Saturday morning with the OG. So plenty of NFL chat for you to be getting your teeth into. So if you haven't already, or if you're new to the show, subscribe to us, get involved. You won't miss an episode. We're rolling all the way through and up to Miami. Yep. We're going to be out there covering the Super Bowl. More news about that later on in the season. We'll see you on Wednesday with I'm Mike. Bye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.